Welcome back to another episode of the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. This is our Digital Nomad Digest segment with myself and with Cami. So today we're going to be talking about a topic that I find very interesting. I think anybody who is a nomad or wants to become nomadic is always, I think most of the questions I get, or at least the beginning questions I get when somebody is asking about a nomadic lifestyle is cost of living. What is it like to you know, make money in one currency and live in this country? Is this country expensive or cheaper? And Cami has been living in Greece for the last year, a little bit more than a year, maybe um, up until a few weeks ago. And then she was in Portugal and in France. So she has a pretty good handle on what it's like in Europe now as of July, 2023. And I have been in Mexico, Paraguay, Colombia, and now in Argentina, which is definitely a little bit different because they have such an economic crisis. But we figured we would chat about the cost of living in Europe, in South America, through our own personal experiences. I think I know I have personally felt, not seen, but felt prices have gone up, even on flights, like so many different things when you compare it to this time last year. So, Cami, I'm curious what your take is and what the cost of living of just general everyday things are. And when you compare them to what they are now to what they used to be in Europe, maybe a year or two years ago, what that looks like as well. Yeah, I love that you started the episode saying as of now, July of 2023, because I feel like when I first went to Europe two years ago, September 2021, things were costing, the cost was way, way, not way, way extremely different, but they were quite different, especially I don't know, in Portugal, it was where I first started um, my journey there. And the cost was lower. I think that with the whole digital nomad visa and the whole digital nomad movement, um, a lot of Europeans especially are moving to Portugal because the weather is better, you know, the prices compared to Germany or France or the Netherlands or the UK, they are um, lower as well. Um, and people are just overall more open, more welcoming, the weather is better and things like that. So those things make the, in general, Europeans want to move to a place like Portugal or even Spain even Greece as well. And I think that that drove the prices, especially in the um, real estate of rent and to buy, buy, I don't know, actually, because I've never seen anything, like I've never looked at prices to buy anything in Portugal, but I know that they have increased quite a lot. One thing that I will say from my experience living in these countries Portugal and um, Greece is that depending on the season that you go, you will pay very different prices. And that is something that whenever someone comes to me and ta- and asks me about where, where to go, when to go and things like that, I always tell them that it's so different. It differs so much. So uh, uh, for an apartment that you could pay, I don't know, 400 euros in summer, are going to pay 800, you know, 900, 1000 even 1200 and then out of when it's winter you pay 600 500 you know so it depends a lot on the place that you go and especially if it's a place that is more seasonal and things close in winter you will also pay way way lower depending 
on yeah just the weather like the the time of the year that you go so those things they are important to take into consideration um i think that overall if you want to rent a place for like one year of course you'll get a better price but again depending on the city it's harder to even find a place that you will get for one year because so many of them they take the place out of the market in the summer months so they can rent it for hire i'd say when i started out in Portugal, the first room that I ever paid for in a shared like guest house, it wasn't a hotel, it wasn't an Airbnb, it was a guest house. I paid 350 for the month. That was in October, 350 euros, sorry. I have to have the reference of the currency. And that was October, I think. So that was a red, and that was in Lagos. So it was a small city, touristic small city on the beach so everything was starting to close in october they the prices were really really going down because of winter and so it was 350 for the room with a private bathroom i had a kitchen there as well for me it worked really nicely because i ended up meeting a lot of different people that were coming and going out of the guest house so that was really cool but after a certain point i just felt like i wanted a kitchen that was like a proper kitchen i just wanted a living room you know like i wanted a an apartment so i met my roommate uh, like a girl who became my roommate we rented an apartment that cost i think the apartment was between 500 and 600 euros per i think it ah it was 650 euros for two bedrooms one bathroom a living room a kitchen of course and a little balcony as well it was super well located um so i ended up paying 375 each one um without bills of course that uh lasted all throughout april and then i left uh portugal spent the month of may around the uk kind of like staying with my cousin staying with my friends so i didn't pay rent at that point the uk is also really expensive more expensive than europe portugal in general pounds are crazy um and then i when i went to greece i was paying crazy for what i, I had so I was paying 800 euros for a studio. It was like a studio. I was paying like Paris pl uh, prices. It was really small, but it was really, really well located. It was right beside the wall of like the old town. So it wasn't inside of the old town. So I didn't have all of the noise and tourist um, kind of like crowd um, of the old town. But I was still like five minutes walking away from it. I was super close to the supermarket, was super close to the beach. I was really well located at that time. I also was alone, so I didn't have a car and everything. So I was paying 800 euros without bills. With bills, it would almost go up to 1,000. It would be like 900 something which city was that? It was Hanya in Crete, like in the island of Crete. It's like one of the main cities there. It was high season, so I was paying a price that was high. But for what I found in the location that I found, I was like, you know what? F this, I'm just going to pay for it. It's only three months. Not only am I going to have this price for this like little place for the rest of my life or at least one year. I had a little balcony as well. And yeah, I was overall really like when I first got there, I was kind of disappointed at how small it was. But I only had one week to research for it. So I was like, I'm just going to take it. 
Um, and then I paid this for three months. And then the next place that I stayed in, I got so, to be honest, I feel like I got lucky with all of the places that I had been, that I had so far. So the next place that I had, I really, like this story is crazy. I just want to talk to like tell this story because I was thinking to myself that I was going to leave Greece by the end of, it was by the, by the beginning of October. Yeah, by the beginning of October, I was going to leave. But then I was there. I still wanted to stay. I was like really in love with it and everything. So my sister was going to come and stay with me. So I knew that my next place, I didn't want to stay in this like tiny place anymore. And the woman couldn't even have me for longer. So I was putting in my head like, okay, I need to find a place with two bedrooms and still wanted like around this area, which is Nehara, which is like the beach area in that I was staying close to. And I want to pay, um, I think I wanted to pay like 600 or something like that. Like I wanted to pay less than what I was paying. So I remember that I thought about that. Then I had this intuition, like I need to go to a cafe that I loved there. Went to a cafe, I was working over there. And then a friend of mine, she came and she was like, oh, hi, blah, blah, blah. We said hi and then I started talking. And she was my friend, but she wasn't like my really good friend. I knew everything that was going on in her life. So she told me, ah, I'm leaving. You should go to my goodbye party next week, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, okay. And she was like, yeah, my, I don't know. She started talking about her apartment. Apparently it was a two bedroom apartment in a super renovated place with a huge balcony like really 10 seconds from the beach like you would walk like 10 seconds you would be on the beach and she told me that she knew the owner and that the agency had screwed her had screwed her over but she if I needed I could just get the contact of the owner and then talk to him directly so I was like yeah of course I hadn't even seen the place but I knew that I needed a place for two bedrooms so I messaged the guy by the like all in all I messaged a guy met him met his wife was really nice they offered me water I talked to them and everything they were Greek they were so sweet and then she was paying 900 for the entire month but I couldn't pay 900 like it was a beautiful apartment but I was like no I'm not gonna pay all of that so I and it was starting to become winter so everything was starting to close. So I also had this as like a negotiating point, you know, for me. So I told them, okay, I can pay 900 the first month because my sister will be here. So we'll split the, the cost between me and her. But then after that, I can only go up to 600. And then they were like, okay, I'm going to have, we're going to have a think and then we'll come back to you. So they thought they accepted my offer. I didn't have to make any down payment, anything, nothing. So the first month of October, I paid 900, but I paid for 50 and my sister paid for 50. And then after that, I paid 600 for all of the other months. And after that, when I went to move in with my boyfriend, he was paying 600 for like a three bedroom apartment. It was really, really big. And then I was paying 300 and then he was paying 300. So we were sharing the cost. So yeah, but then after that, now in summer, I'm not sure, you know, so prices have gone up again. So you have a bigger leverage in these countries when it's winter or like shoulder season. But then when it's really high season, they need to make their money off of it. For example, in Lagos, when I was staying there, the woman, she was going to take back her apartment from us, which she was renting for 650 to rent it for 80 euros a night, you know. So 
because it, that's high season that's what she can do and people will pay especially especially british people they were obsessed with that area so they would go and pay a lot yeah so now in france i haven't rented anything in france yet but i know that in paris for at least like you can go up to 1200 1400 for like one bedroom sometimes one studio depending on the area so i know but that's paris you know it's not like proportionally equal to the rest of friends i guess at least in rent the rent world that's um it for me what about you i'm really curious because although i'm from here i've never lived rented here yeah it's funny you say that because you're from brazil and i'm in south america now and you're like i don't know the prices i am the exact same in canada I, you know, I'm so curious about what the prices there are now, but I have no idea because I haven't lived there in so many years. So I totally get that feeling. I think that's very a normal nomad feeling to be like, I don't know what the prices are like in the place that I was born because I'm never there. Um, so <clears throat> now I think our stories are different because you really, truly rented for us, we will stay in a place max one month. So it's either Airbnbs or hotels. It's usually Airbnbs. And what I do know is you are paying basically like the American price. Doesn't matter where you're from, like here in Argentina, if you're from Chile or Mexico or Colombia, like you are paying the American price if you want to rent anything short term. <clears throat> and I think so when we were in Paraguay, we were in Paraguay before this, and it does depend on the area. There are some nicer and safer areas, um, but I think on average, people were paying for rent, like the locals were paying around $150 a month. And I think the locals, like in a nicer area, that went up maybe a few hundred. Um, but when I found that out, and this was in Paraguay specifically, when I found that out, I was just so in shock because I was like $150 or even if it's like $400 or 450, 500, whatever, because the prices on Airbnb are, I want to say like six times that <laughs> even in, so, so when we were in Paraguay, we were in the capital in Asuncion, we got a place in the downtown center, but it's actually kind of like unsafe. It's kind of like the old center now. And that was, I'm going to calculate it really quickly because I, usually think of my pricing in Canadian dollars, but I want to do it in American. So that was about 500 US dollars for one month, which was pretty good. Um, and then that was probably like average to low. And then if we wanted one of the nicer areas, which once we found out what the nicer areas were, we were like, okay, we're going to stay here next time. I would say that was probably around six or 700 US dollars per month, but those are Airbnb prices. So you can see the difference of renting on Airbnb because they know who those people are going to be versus actually doing rent. And we would love to actually just pay a rent at some point, but it's, I heard a quote recently, nomads are just expats who have commitment issues. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, that was from remote base, um, Chris on his Instagram. I think he said that and I was like, yeah, that is pretty accurate. And so I think here in Argentina, and again, I'm not positive on what the prices are, but to rent when we look on Airbnb for one month, and it also depends a lot how far out you're looking. So we're looking for like three weeks out, right? So it's not going to ideally be the best deal ever. Um, on Airbnb, it's around for Buenos Aires. 
I would say like seven to nine hundred US dollars. And I actually thought because of the, the crisis here and kind of everything that's happening, I thought it would be a lot less. But I think housing in Argentina is one of the more expensive things that you pay for. And then a lot of other things are less expensive on the street. And I actually find food here is kind of expensive. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's all relative. We came from Paraguay, which is a much smaller country. And I actually think just generally thinking that Paraguay overall, everything was a little bit cheaper than here. However, they have the blue dollar here. So you basically, and I made an Instagram post about this recently, we exchanged 200 US dollars And in the local currency, we got back almost 400 US dollars. I think it was like $366 in the local currency. So you're almost doubling your money, which is so wild. And I just found out that you can also, you also get that exchange rate when you use a foreign credit card, which is great. Our tour guide told us that. Um, But yeah, and I think so. One other thing I think that we, because we started looking on Facebook Marketplace to see if there were any better places and if we could like rent something maybe a little bit longer and get a deal. Um, that's also a hack that I have. We have done that before to get a bit of a deal, but you don't have the protection of Airbnb or like a third party platform if something goes wrong. So, like, we actually took an Uber out to the place when we rented it off Facebook Marketplace to make sure that everything was good because. If it wasn't, we're stuck there for a month. Like we can't just call up Airbnb and be like, hey, we need to change, which we've had to do a few times. Um, So when we were looking here specifically in Argentina at housing, some of them, not most of them, but some of the people either wanted the rent, let's say it was like 800 US dollars. And we were like, okay, we'll give you like the Argentinian equivalent because we're not going to give them are like very valuable US dollars that we want the exchange rate on. And they were like, okay, well, if you're not giving us US dollars, then it's at the blue dollar rate. And so we were like, no, because then that's basically paying double in their local currency here. So we were like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Like we have other options. We are not going to go with that. So I do think, you know, it's good. We like to book a month on Airbnb because then you get a, you actually get with one plus weeks, you get a discount, but with a month, you get a little bit of a bigger discount. So we like to do that. Um, But I would say book out in advance if you can, if you know your plans, which we don't. So that's usually why we book like last minute, but it can get so much cheaper the longer you book out. We were in Medellin. We booked the entire month of March in Medellin, Colombia. And because I think I booked it six months in advance, we had no idea our plans, but I was like, I found this amazing deal. We're going to be in Medellin in March. It cost me 450 Canadian dollars. And I'm going to convert that because it's just like such a wild price, 340 American dollars around there for one month in Medellin. And it was, you know, it wasn't the safest area ever, but it wasn't an unsafe area. It was a really nice apartment in a really great building with a doorman. So I would say like over the years, that's kind of one of the biggest tips we learned. If you know your plans, if you can book ahead of time, you can get amazing rates on Airbnb. And then I also have a friend I want to shout him out. It's called Remote Base. I think the website is remotebase.io. Um, and he helps nomads. He sends out an email newsletter every month and he will basically send like all of these amazing Airbnb deals for Airbnbs all over the world. And seeing some of these prices, it's just wild what you can get if you're willing to book for an entire month and then just fly somewhere in the world. It can be really great deals. So right now in Argentina, how much are you paying for the, did you rent the place in, in Facebook or no? We didn't because 
we were kind of thinking, I don't know if that's how the local market works here or if it's a scam, but pretty much everybody before meeting us and before us seeing the place, they just sent us like their ID number and they were like, go to the bank and send us the deposit. I think it was like 20% no. deposit or something. Never do yeah. That. So, and then we were asking people and some people were like, that's a scam. And other people were like, no, that's just how they do it in Argentina. And then this one guy sent us his ID card being like, oh, like this is your, you know, your proof that I'm not going to, it's like, this could be any person's ID card. So we didn't do that. And so that's why we're kind of like, okay, we're going to have to pay a little bit more on Airbnb to have that peace of mind and know that we're not getting scammed for 20% of $900, which is a significant amount here. Um, but this place, I think we paid around 600 USD, which I would say is pretty average. But if you are booking, I'd say one to three months in advance, you can probably expect 650 to like 850 USD per month. And in Colombia, in Paraguay, I always found it was cheaper. I actually think that the housing here is one of the more expensive places that we have found. It's not crazy different, but it is one of the more expensive places for Airbnb yeah. for short-term rental. And is it like a two-bedroom or a one-bedroom apartment, 650 for This one is a one-bedroom. It's a kind of an older building. However, it is right in the financial center. Uh, it's right across the street from the inter Intercontinental. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, whatever that hotel is, like very big hotel chain. So it's right across the street from that. It's a one bedroom. It is, it has everything you need except a washing machine, um, mm. which we know we can't always get. So otherwise we just know that we have to pay for laundry, but it has hot water, which sometimes we don't have. And it has pretty good internet, although we had an issue a few days ago, but we got it solved. So for the most part, it has almost everything we need but we know that we can't always get a washing machine one thing that i'll say on the scam thing just for anyone to be aware of because there's so many scams a friend of mine she got um like she she got stuck in one of those scams in which the guy sent her it was a girl quote unquote sent her an id and said this is my id this is the proof that i won't do anything blah blah, blah. can you send me your id plus the payment so she sent her id but then i was like i like wait this is really weird like this is kind of like a too good to be true you know it's like because the woman was saying ah, it's only a one bedroom it's a two bedroom but um the other bedroom has all of my stuff but i won't be using it so in theory you can use it so it was like really small price during summer in lagos for a two bedroom place it was really too good to be true and then she sent her id but before sending the money she went to the address that they gave her in lagos and saw the building saw that there was nothing going on there like there was no building and then she even asked one of the locals they were like no there's no building here there's nothing going on blah blah blah. and then when she kind of confronted them they disappeared and she no sorry she found the girl with the id on instagram she sent her a message and the girl was like, yeah, it's not me. They did the same with me. They're just using my ID now to take other people's IDs and continue this scam. So it's basically a cycle. So you, so Aita now, so like my friend gave her ID to, to the guy. So now they're using her ID as the front scam, you know, and then some people, they will even give the money. So they will take the ID and the money and then move on to another place to another person take their id and then do the same with their id to take the money and everything so it's useless to receive an id like if you can't see the place or you can't to be honest uh for me 
when I rented in Crete, I rented completely blind almost because I found their place in a... I wasn't there and I found a place on, on a website which is from Crete. So I didn't go on Airbnb or anything. I found a place that... an um, a, um Sorry, a website that was f- Greek. You know, it was a Greek website. They were renting Greek ap- apartments and everything. So I found this place there. They, she was renting in for three months and everything. Um, and then I emailed the woman and she was asking for a certain amount and I was I told her I'm really scared of sending over this amount because of previous scams that I've seen in the past and she said I totally understand you but you can throw like you can put our website and our name on Google and you'll see that these leads should display so I googled them I looked over their website I saw that they had a booking page as well I saw the reviews and everything and so eventually I kind of like took a leap of faith. I was like, either I do this or I don't have a place there. So I Googled the the place as well. So when I put in, she, I told her to give me the exact address. When I put the exact address, it was even showing that the place had the name of the company as well that I was renting from. So I took some specific measures to actually go through with the rent normally another thing that i think it's really important to do um it's doing a face uh, like a video call with the person inside of the apartment so you can see the person the face of the person and the apartment as well if you can have someone to visit the apartment for you if you're not in the in the city or another option is taking an airbnb for x amount of days like five days or something like that and then visiting the apartment yourself so there are a lot of things that it's important to keep in mind because there are so many scams especially when you're not living in the place you don't know anyone it's really easily to it's really easy to fall in scams i always google as well so we googled the scam and we found that a lot of people were complaining about that so yeah it's really really important to not be really aware before transfer transferring money i've done that before actually knowing the place but i took a lot of different measures to make sure that i was safe that is super super important to note yeah i think in well in every country but especially in country where countries where they know they're going to get a lot of tourists or in countries like here in argentina where any additional money that they can get is really needed it's you'll find so many scams and even just looking on the facebook group um like the buenos aires facebook group for expats i hear of scams there's like a bird poop scam if they put like flour on your jacket and then they're like oh like let me clean it for you and they steal all your stuff like there's so many scams out there so i think that's definitely something to be aware of but i'm curious so cost of living Now, I'm curious if you, having lived in Greece for such a long period of time as a nomad, did you notice an increase in kind of the everyday expenses, cost of living, whether that be groceries or food delivery or even your bills like water, internet, electrical, like kind of those everyday things? Did you notice that inflation or maybe you noticed it when you went to Paris or Portugal and you had been to Portugal previously years before and you were like, oh my gosh, this was not the price before. Groceries in Greece, I think I... It was interesting because when I left Port... I I don't know why, but I eat a lot of eggs. I get really i'm hyper aware of of the prices of a dozen of eggs or like 10 eggs because i buy them so much 
So I knew how much a box of eggs costed in Brazil when I left. And then I noticed how much they co they were co they cost in Portugal. And then when I moved to Greece, I also noticed them. So it's something that I used to kind of understand. I don't know. It's random, but yeah. So a cost of uh, like a box of eggs in Portugal when I was living there was... I think it was around two euros. And then when I moved to Greece, for some reason, the eggs there were more expensive. So it was around 280 to three euros. So that one I found a bit weird. But in other things, it was cheaper. So olive oil over there is cheaper. Of course, you're in Greece. Feta cheese is cheaper. Ve like overall vegetables, fruits and things like that. They are also cheap per quote-unquote Greece in general is not doesn't have to be an expensive it's not an expensive country for you to live in on a daily basis you know if you find a good rent if you make money that's outside of Greece you can live a pretty 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 good life and that's why I stayed there for one year I was living a really good life was going out to eat a lot normally in groceries and I love grocery shopping and I I will buy things without you know really looking at the prices or anything I spent between like 60 it was normally like 60 euros there were weeks that I paid more but then the, the next the following week I paid less so it was around like 60 euros per week um which is pretty okay because I bought a lot of stuff I cooked most of my meals at home sometimes bought alcohol with me like wine uh bought uh meat but like normally chicken because the meat there is not that good if you wanted to go to the farmer's market you would pay even less you could buy so much stuff so much vegetable for like 20 30 euros you know if you want to do grocery shopping in greece and you want to only buy 20 30 euros of worth of groceries you will be able to do it if you really budget yourself and you buy like limited stuff um i just really liked buying things from whatever you know uh, i bought like the expensive honey the expensive peanut butter i would go to the organic market and buy whatever um sometimes would go a little bit crazy with the groceries uh then but I did notice a slight price increase between when I first got there to when I left. It was like it happened, but it wasn't extreme. And if I wanted to go out or something like that, like normally you can have a meal for 16 euros, you know, something like that. The wine there is also really cheap. So, of course, sometimes if you want to go to a more expensive restaurant, you'll pay more. But if you go to a Greek tavern and you buy and you eat like Greek food and it's really traditional, you can eat pretty well with with like 12, 16 euros. Uh, not everywhere, but you can do that. A drink, you can find a drink like a cocktail for 8 euros. 10 euros is like a little bit wow. Um, and I know that in other places in Europe, it's not like that. Um, then in Portugal, I didn't do a lot of grocery. I did do some grocery shopping in Portugal. I found it a bit more expensive, but I didn't know if it was because I would. Yeah, no, I found a bit more expensive. Paris is just out, out, out of this world. This stratospheric, like it's crazy. It's honestly you hopping to the super and that I felt when I went there in December as well. You hop into the supermarket, you leave, you paid fifty euros, you don't even know where, in what. You know, you bought like three things, it's already crazy. So yeah, I think you have to if you are going to like a big city like Paris, you have to be more even more aware of 
what you're buying i mean if you want to kind of budget a little bit if not like i would say that like if you want to eat horse like um for example a fish not even a fish okay like a i don't know like a meat with something would be between like 26 to 30 euros but that is just one like between 20 to 30 but then if you want for example i eat a lot of brunch if you want to go out for brunch that would be cheaper quote unquote it would be around like 15 to 20 i'd say that like a meat and then if you want to add a drink or something like that of course you will pay more so i think that overall like 35 euros 40 but again it depends it depends on where you go it depends on what you get if you get a meat of course you'll pay more if you get a salad you'll pay less like that you know so i would say yeah if you you can find things that are around 20 if you are like oh let's go out and eat no no no. i think i was paying around like 20 to 30 yeah 20 to 30 euros easily and in greece if you're paying 20 to 30 yeah like in greece if you're paying 20 to 30 you are either eating a lot a lot of food i remember that when the bill came it was 20 25 i would be like wow we really ate a lot or it was a more expensive restaurant you know in Portugal, I would say that 20 is uh, quite, it's like digital nomads prices, quote unquote, you know, if you're going to a more Portuguese laid back place, you pay less than that. But if you go to a digital nomad place, quote unquote, that's how my sister is calling them, you will pay those prices, but not like Paris, it's just crazy. Yeah, that's wild. I think two things that you said that I want to touch on So first of all, I have lived, and of course, not every country is like this. When I think of Paris, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is never possible. But I've lived in countries and Turkey comes to mind for me because we lived there for about a year in 2021, 2022. And that was a country that depending what you're ordering and what groceries you're buying, I would say like on average, it's cheaper or the same amount of money to just eat out than it was to buy groceries. And also keep in mind, they do have a pretty big inflation um, crisis that they have been going through. And they were going through in 2021 and 2022 pretty heavily. So of course that comes into play. But when we lived there for that year, I would order, I don't like to cook. So if I don't have to cook, ideally I won't. So I would order, you know, like whatever, whether it be like a salad or a burger, like whatever I wanted sushi on the apps. And I was not spending that much money. I'd say on average, I was probably spending three to seven or eight US dollars, depending like what I was getting and how much food I was getting. And I would be full and sometimes have leftovers. And you could go to the store and yes, store, sometimes you get more quantity of things so that you can use it for multiple meals, but it wasn't as cheap. So I found that that was a country that I ate out a lot in, whether that's a good or a bad thing, I don't know, but I ate out a lot there because whether it was just going to a restaurant or a cafe or ordering food, it was so inexpensive. And then another thing, and I think a lot of nomads take advantage of this, which I love because in Canada, alcohol is so expensive, specifically beer and wine. I don't drink beer, so I really only know about prices of wine. But in a lot of countries we travel to, Turkey being one of them, the bottles of wine and and beer as well in some countries is so insanely cheap. In Turkey and here, we can get a bottle of wine for 
like two to three US dollars, I would say. And that's like a good, like Argentina wine is good wine. And Georgia, when we were in Georgia, it was maybe a dollar more or something, like still very inexpensive. And Georgian wine is also extremely good wine. And these are wines that, you know, don't have all the sulfates and crap that you can get in the liquor store in Canada or America. And for a fraction of the price for a really good quality, good bottle of wine. So I think that that's also something important to note that when you use your arbitrage and you are a digital nomad, you can experience so many other like amazing wines from all over the world and do so many other experiences or order food if you don't want to cook. Like I was busy working online and I that wasn't a priority. And so for me, that saved my time and it allowed me to move forward in my business. And that's kind of how I see it sometimes. Now I do find I cook a little bit more. Um, but yeah, it really depends where you go and what you want. But what about there? I'm really curious about like grocery shopping there in Argentina or even uh, Paraguay and things like that. Yeah, I would say, like I said before, I think Paraguay and Argentina, like the prices for groceries, I would say were pretty similar. I did, I made a reel about it. I did a shop, like I'd say it was pretty substantial. Honestly, it was probably like six to eight meals of things i got like some beans and i think like some veggie burgers and i don't know this was a few weeks ago and it cost me 19 us dollars um so i think it's pretty affordable i had some people who were like oh my gosh that's so affordable and then i had some some people especially on youtube commenting saying oh my gosh that's so expensive but then of course i had some americans being like wow that's such a great price i had somebody even saying they would have paid 125 us dollars for it was like half a half of a normal size table probably is like what it took up for that amount of groceries in the US when I paid 19. So I think you know it also really is just relative to what you're used to. If I came from Canada, I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, this is a great deal." But because I'm coming from Paraguay, maybe I'm like, "Oh, this is a little bit more expensive." But I'd say in Paraguay it was pretty comparable, Colombia pretty comparable for the most part. Um, but the nice thing here, and I mean, it depends how you want to look at it, but because of the blue dollar, you can, because you get 50% more of the currency that you have, you can kind of be like, oh, I paid half price. You know, if I spent 20 US dollars, well, it really cost me 10. So it's really, it's all how you look at it and how you choose to see it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. I would say it's pretty affordable here. And what about the meal out? Like you go out, you get like a meal and like, I don't know, I know you're, you're a vegetarian, but like you go out, you eat like an Argentinian steak, some acai, you eat like a side of, I don't know, like potatoes or something. And then you get like a glass of wine, I don't, you know, like a meal out. How much would that be? I'm just converting it on my phone. So I wanted to get a veggie burger the other day. And that was 6.3 US dollars for like a veggie burger. And I think it was fries. And I say that's pretty normal, but it's interesting because with inflation, I actually found on Facebook, I found that same place's menu from two months ago. It had been posted. And two months ago, it was 520 US dollars. So it went up in two months, almost $1. But that's because their currency has, with the inflation, you know, it's also gone down quite a little bit so it kind of does even out in the end but if you see prices of menus from like five years ago 
it'll be like oh, 300 yeah. pesos, whereas now it's 1,500 pesos, and it's just wild. Uh, it was kind of similar when we lived in Turkey. But yeah, I'd say that's pretty average. So I would say a meal out is not... I've been in countries that have less exp- exp- less expensive meals out. Like Turkey had less expensive meals out. I would say like kind of Eastern Europe, Serbia, those areas, they were mm-hmm. less expensive. But it also depends what you eat. If you eat meat, you can get meals a lot cheaper in almost every single country I've been to. So I do find not eating meat, I pay more. And in the supermarkets, I pay more because I don't know why, but meat is just so cheap. Um, I don't know if that's a reflection of like what they put in the meat. I don't know what that is, but I don't eat it. So I find that I pay a little bit more, which I'm okay with. Um, But yeah, I'd say that's probably pretty average price. And for a bottle of wine, I'd say like three, three to four US dollars is pretty average for like a decent Argentinian wine here. And you also mentioned that you, because I'm really curious about Mexico, right? Because you were there about cost of living, like house, housing, um, groceries, going out, because I know that it's also a destination that's becoming quite um, popular. So I, I'm, I'm wondering if it's still not as expensive. For tourists, it's very inexpensive, but I think for the local people, it is getting, depending where you are, a little bit pricey. But I can say I can't really talk much on housing because my partner's Mexican, so we stayed with his family in Mexico. So in terms of like Airbnb costs, I can't talk too much about what that looks like. Um, But I would say it's probably pretty standard because we did rent for a few days in some tourist cities and whatnot. Probably pretty standard to what I mentioned for what it would be here, like six, seven hundred per month. Um, but of course, if you go to the more tourist areas, like certain parts of Mexico city or Cancun, Playa del Carmen, Cozumel, because it's an Island, we found it was a little bit more expensive, but we rented a bike there for, I don't exactly remember how much, I think it was like seven, maybe us dollars per day. So still pretty affordable on like this very beautiful Island. Um, but yeah, in terms of food, I don't think we bought too many groceries there because I think we were staying in smaller places. So I think we ate out for the most part, but I did find because my partner's from a not smaller, but not like a big city, not like a Mexico city or Cancun. So I did find prices there were a lot more affordable than when we would go into Cancun or Playa del Carmen or those very tourist spots. And of course there's that main street, you know, every tourist place has that one street and then all the food is double the price. And then you go off and, there was actually quite a few tourists in Playa del Carmen who would like go off to the taco stands and like walk the 10 minutes to get out of that area. And, you know, the tacos there are like a few dollars for a few tacos. So you can find those deals almost anywhere, I would say, but you just have to leave that area. And most tourists don't do that. And those prices are basically what you would pay in Canada or, you know, most major cities in America or a Toronto, it's like $20 for a meal, $30 for a meal with a drink. So pretty standard, you know, you're going on holiday, which is great, but you're not really saving yourself any money. But if it's a week, then, you know, that's a very different lifestyle than what you and I live. Yeah, I I remember, like, not that I went back there again, but I remember that when I lived in Bali, like, four years three, four years ago, I, I also remember that it was way cheaper to, or the same, but sometimes cheaper to eat out because it was so cheap <laughs> to eat out than to 
like go through the whole process of like buying groceries and blah 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 and at the same time it i remember now why i didn't cook because it was so hard to find a place with a kitchen it was like impossible to find a place with a kitchen because you had a lot of guest houses but you didn't have really like a proper vi- uh, like okay if you wanted a villa you would pay more at that time i was really on a budget so I was finding uh, rooms in guest houses with my own bathroom and everything that were really good. But with kitchen, it was so hard to find a place. So I didn't, I couldn't even cook breakfast for myself, you know. So I was eating out all the time. And when I actually tried, I have eventually found a place that had a small, tiny, like, stove and... I was like, oh, I'm going to cook for his, uh, something to myself. And I remember that I did all of the groceries. I was like, this is useless. It's the same. Why am I even going through the trouble of doing this when I can just walk and eat the same thing? So yeah, I remember that that happened to me. But when I was looking in Airbnb for prices of places to stay, because I was like, oh, I would like to go to Bali again. I was in shock. I don't know if it was the time that I was looking, if it was the dates that I put, but I was a little bit in shock. So yeah, I would say that in general, um, the majority of things got more expensive in the last years. And even Brazil, um, I haven't looked at prices of anything here, to be honest, because I got here like two days ago and I haven't been to a restaurant, haven't been to grocery shop thing i haven't been anywhere i came from the airport straight to the farm that we have here in the suburbs i think it could be similar nowadays it's more expensive than it was two 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 years ago you know i think rents here are quite expensive for the cost of life and the amount of money people make and I would say that, you know, if you go out and you have you want to have a meal or something like that, you're going to pay like 15, 20 euro, euros for like a really good, not really good, but like a medium cool place in Sao Paulo. You know, I don't know other cities, but and that's almost like, Euro, it's like European prices, you know, if it was a couple of years ago, that would be more, I would say like a little bit more expensive than Bali prices, you know, for people that come from Europe. like just like more expensive but not that much expensive you know but nowadays it's almost like greek here and living here and living in greece living here and living in portugal is the same honestly almost which for me it's a bit crazy because you're not making the same whomever is working here and making money here in brazilian AIs is not making the same as in greece and in portugal i would say yeah, I don't know. I might be wrong, but in general. Really, it's unfortunate, but it's kind of just happening everywhere that things are going up. And I also think it is unfortunate that kind of nomads are a bit of the ones who are driving up the prices in certain countries. Um, but we all know those countries where it's kind of they're in a little bit of a crisis because that is happening because there's so many nomads who have salaries from a Western country. And can kind of beat out the competition when they're willing to pay a lot more um so yeah kind of i think we all have heard about that side of nomading and there's you know the whole sustainable nomad movement and slow mads which i totally love but yeah i think this has been a really interesting episode 
talking about price of living, Europe, South America, of course, there are many other places in the world that we have not covered, but we have firsthand experience in both of these. So it's been really interesting to hear about what it has looked like for you renting and my experience completely different. I know the rental prices here are so much lower, um, but living in an Airbnb. So is there any last thoughts or anything that you wanted to mention about pricing? It gives me a little bit of anxiety, to be honest, like seeing how how the world is. I don't even know if it's a critic or not, but it just makes me, especially if you're a freelance or you're autonomous or like self-employed, it's so important to equal your prices to whatever is happening in the world. You know, like whatever you charged two years ago, it's not going to be the same anymore because it can't be the same. Otherwise, you won't be able to pay for your rent. You won't be able to give yourself the life that you want and you deserve. And it's something that I currently struggle with quite a lot you know because you've been working with certain clients for some time and they are used to your prices and things like that and they are also struggling themselves but it's important for you to also because the price is yours and you are the one who defined your salary quote-unquote it's important that you also make it equal to whatever the inflation is happening so I think it's important to keep that in mind because if that is happening in the world and you're not receiving a like a an increase because you don't you're not employed by a company which they normally you know range it through the inflation or something like that it's important that you yourself look at that and understand how you can um do that because otherwise either you'll start overworking and getting more and more and more clients to make up for the amount of money that you should be making or yeah i don't know so yeah i think that's important to kind of note um i know it's challenging i'm on the same boat as you (laughs) but we'll get through this or whatever it is (laughs) yeah i was literally just talking to my partner about that the other day like how everything life literally i don't think it even matters what country you're in but just life everywhere has gotten so much more expensive i really can notice it since the pandemic has kind of died down a little bit And that's not news to anybody. So I think what you mentioned is very important. You kind of have to audit your time and what the work is worth and how much time you are spending doing a task or a group of tasks and charge accordingly and make sure that it is something that you can live off of. Um, Not, you know, put like all of the burden on one client or something to have to pay a bunch of money, but, you know, make it fair so that you can live. And that is one of the many struggles of, you know, having a business or being a freelancer or just having something of your own, not working for a company, whether that be remotely or otherwise. Um, But part of the fun things of being nomadic. So thank you for joining us on this episode of our Digital Nomad Digest segment today. If anything from this episode has really stuck out to you, I would appreciate if you share this podcast or the sound clip that you loved on your socials. And of course, be sure to tag myself and Cami. All of our links are below. So feel free to head to the show notes and check those out. Thank you for joining us here. And we will see you on next week's episode next Friday of the Digital Nomad Digest segment.